All right, folks, we're going to call this show Ripple's Judgment in March. It is coming. The summary judgment is going to be given to us by the judge any day now, according to Stuart Alderati. Full update, we're going to focus on the legality of this battle, this battle of good versus evil that's underway right now. We're going to focus on the legal aspect a little bit here tonight. Full update for you guys. Market moving back down, though. Let's get tapped in right now. We're at about 7 o'clock on the West Coast. Okay, today's date is 3-2-2-2-2. Check it. 3-2-2023. Okay. 3-2-2023. Everybody's mad because people do riddles, this and that, the drama, the nonsense. Let's cut through it. Let's get straight to it. God bless you all. If you haven't already, let's smash the thumbs up, hit the notification bell, and the full update's coming right at you. This is what we've been warning about. Mr. Whale shares this. Over $120 million in Bitcoin longs have just been liquidated in a matter of seconds after one mega whale sold. Maxis have always talked about decentralization and store of value, yet reality is the exact opposite. I've been trying to warn you guys as well. We've been watching this one closely. I already took profits on my Bitcoin short. We are up on the year with our trading bag, God willing. We can continue that. Take a look here at the charts, folks. Back down, massive four-hour candle. The last four-hour candle here on KuCoin, four-hour chart. Looking at the sticks, looking at the full moon coming up on March 7th. Moon phase indicator. Let me throw it up for you guys. The only indicator I've been using to short the hell out of Bitcoin. What a journey. What a time. Let's get straight on into it, though, guys. Big update coming for you. Massive power cut plunges Argentina into the dark for hours. We've been warning about this. I have a whole other deal to cover on uh, South, South Africa, actually. South Africa is getting dicey over there. Many countries. Situation in Iran looking a little bit better as they discover the world's second largest lithium reserve, which would make it the world's second largest lithium reserve after Chile, folks. This is what runs the real economy. This is what matters. Not being woke. What do you got in the ground? What can you produce? What can you make? What do you have here on the world stage besides a big military and a bunch of people who accepted your debt? used your dollar for trade, but that is no longer the case anymore. We see more and more countries, some estimates. I just interviewed Scott Young, and he talked about over 100 countries being a part of BRICS. And it's the same thing we've been talking about here. Just because a deal isn't been publicly released doesn't mean that they've already switched, that they've already dropped the dollar, that they don't care about being on SWIFT, that they don't care about the ESG agenda in these other countries, right? that are actually destroying the planet. If we're going to actually hold people accountable for destroying the planet, uh, I'm just going to be careful with my words here. Just going to be careful. Just going to check it real quick. Guys, unbelievable. Let's keep it rolling, though. This is the real situation, though. The real commodities, the real resources are moving. Check it out. Another 3.6 million ounces of silver moved out of storage to registered for sale at the JP Morgan New York vault. That's over 7 million ounces in the last two days. They are moving the metals. They are moving the commodities. And these other countries, I mean, this is the only way that you can compete. You know, it's tough to compete against our military unless you band together. But it's tough to compete against the U.S. dollar, right? Uh, unless you actually come up here with real commodities, real resources to back your country's dollar. And to actually pull up to the world trade stage to, to bring to the table, when it's time to do deals, what can you actually bring to the table? Well, we just covered, right, that in Iran there, they discovered the world's second largest lithium reserve is, is what we're being told, right? And then we see here JP Morgan moving 7 million ounces of silver in two days. We see a 200 million plus ounce deficit that we ran in 2022, data point that the central banks are buying more gold than they have in 55 years. And then we're going to get to it at the end of this session about how Ripple's working and having conversations with over 20 central banks and over 70 countries now tapped into RippleNet. And we know from the Q4 market report, we have 40 corridors fired up for ODL. Let's break it down all at the end of this session. But real commodities, real cryptocurrencies, the movements are big. You're seeing the whale movements in XRP. You're seeing JP Morgan have to cover their ass. And that's what this is, folks. The old guard, the old banking elite posting record losses along with the central banks. 
See, the largest commercial banks in the world and the largest central banks in the world taking massive L's. We've been wrecked in the crypto space. We're, we're, we're back down here. At the time of this recording, we got a big, massive red four-hour candle being printed. Okay, back down for the crypto space. But we go look at the old guard. We go look at the central banks, the largest world's largest commercial banks, JP Morgan, getting busted in court. In the U.S. court of law, and God bless, we're going to be talking about the legal aspect here, the legal battlefield. Shout out to John Dean. Shout out to all these guys on the, uh, on the front lines leading the charge. We're going to talk about it. But guys, this is all related to the new real economy that we're moving into. The new financial system, call it whatever you want. It's key what assets and commodities matter. What, what program's actually working out. Full breakdown. Let's get right into it, guys. This is massive. Remember, no student loan debt has been having to be paid for the last two and a half years. The $1.8 trillion student debt bubble is about to burst per Bloomberg as after three-year pause, payments on federal student loans are set to resume in the next six months. This situation's dicey. So those that have racked up the student loan debt, now they're going to buy a house. So the Kobesi letter shares this. We have the average 30-year mortgage interest rates hits 7.1%. The first move above 7% since October 2022. The average payment on a $500,000 mortgage back last year in May was 2100 Now, with interest rates back above 7%, your payment on a $500,000 mortgage is going to come in at $3,400 per month. Mortgage payments are up 61% in under two years. How can this end well? And how can they pay the student loan debt? And we know we also have a trillion dollars that we're about to break in the United States on credit card debt. We're just keep on racking it up. Now, further breaking this down, the total interest paid on a $500,000 mortgage. See, when interest rates were back at, you know, 2.5%, you take out that $500,000 mortgage, you end up paying $220,000 on the interest during the life of that loan. Now, with interest rates at 7%, you're going to be paying $710,000 in interest on that $500,000 mortgage. So in 18 months, mortgage rates have risen from 2.5% to 7.1%. The Fed rug pulled us, and this affects real estate in a major way. The Fed rug pulled us. This is the fastest rate increase, the fastest level that we've increased the rates Fastest pace in history. Effectively rug pulling Main Street, effectively rug pulling the real estate. And now we see the equity market pullback. We see bonds having their worst year on, on history last year. Traditional 60-40 portfolio, worst year on record. And now we're supposed to be paying the student loan debt as well. I don't know who can swing that. As someone who, this is, sounds crazy, right? After I just read off that data. As someone who's going through the pre-approval process again. <laughs> you guys know I'm just sharing my story with everybody on how we're moving on real estate. It's very simple. Remaining patient. <laughs> but I am going back to get pre-approved right now. In last year, I'd already gotten pre-approved. This, this time around here, we're going to you know start walking property, start looking again. And we're going to start having to make lowball offers because we got to bring these sellers back down to reality. We're at a seven interest rate environment. You know, your house is not worth what it was. We're not going to be able to get the same price that we got. Last year, June 2022, was the peak of the real estate market in the United States. We've already lost $2.3 trillion of value. And this is going to continue. And I'm seeing statistics. I'm watching other little real estate channels. Shout out to these guys. I, I got to share some of these guys with you, actually. My next real estate deep dive, I'll share some of the other channels that I watch. I don't really watch the crypto guys too much, um, but I watch other people on economics, real estate. And so I, I'm listening to these guys, and they're going to walking these developments in Texas where they're just, you know, another 5,000 mega uh, development you know, going in, another 5,000 mega development going in. I mean, they're talking about, you know, basically onloading. Uh, tens of thousands of new construction homes. In my area, in my little county, I'm seeing thousands of new units coming online. You know, and I've been, I'm, I'm someone who's been renting in my market here for years, but now looking at becoming a first-time home buyer, I've been watching the prices for, you know, well over a decade as well. Back when I was a kid watching this real estate situation here in my local market, 
and seeing you know the crazy level it's gone to it's like we're just gonna have to bring some sellers back down to reality and if i can't come across the deal if i can't get an offer accepted that's fine because it's cheaper to rent in my area than it is to buy and so i'm just going to keep on making sure that my businesses are going to survive we got cash flow coming in we live a very conservative life and if we can get a little a little piece of land see this is the problem in my county is they won't let me build they tried to shut down your ability to drill a well for water. I mean, God bless this area. We have some of the purest water in the world up here in the Pacific Northwest. But they, they tried to shut us down. Now it's been re you know um, brought back. Now you can drill wells again. But the permitting process and the wetland fees that you will pay just to even put, it, put up a little shed, just to put up a little shack. They kill you on the wetland mitigation and on the other permitting process if they even do approve it. Um, and so that's why it's unfortunate because I'd, I'd, I'd love to just build, you know, find a little piece of land here and build. But once again, uh, I'm in one of those areas where they're trying to shut you down. They're trying to limit. They want you, you, you can do whatever you want in the city. Every lot in the city is getting built out. There's no more empty lots in the city. And they just let them throw up the high rises, right? No problem. Out in the county, no, you can't even put up a shack. And if you do, you're going to have to plant 5,000 trees and put in $50,000 of wetland mitigation on your little five-acre piece out there in paradise. We're going we're gonna to make you pay 50000 in wetland mitigation, planting trees. Um, it's absurd, right? So sorry to rant on that. But once again, I just try to share my story with you guys and how I'm seeing this real estate asset class because it affects everybody, whether you're a first-time homebuyer like me, a millennial. Thank God I don't have student loan debt and I didn't fall for that scheme. Um, so, so, someone who's basically just running, been running their business for the last eight years and used that as my education. And I, you know, when you have to put up your own money, you know, you can't, it's, it's so funny, like Elon says, Right, they'll they'll give you over a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, but go try to go get ten thousand dollars to start your little business. You know, yeah, uh, you got to give them an arm and a leg in your first child. Once again, this is all coming back down to reality. It's happening slowly in the real estate asset classes. It's a lagging asset class. People are still delusional. People, you know, and this is a big asset class in America in particular. Um, and and the thing about it is too is. Some of these high-flying speculative markets are getting killed. Like you guys out in the Midwest are like, what, what real estate crash are you talking about? But in you know Vancouver, just north of me, slaughtered. <laughs> I mean, just killed. God bless my Canadian friends in the chat. Toronto, greater Toronto area, greater Vancouver area. Big time hits, big time hits. And I was just up in Vancouver looking at some of the real estate up there. Crazy, crazy. Um, but... In, in my area, there's a lot of, you know, it's a dynamic market and it's going to be, you know, different in your area as well. So this is about understanding the market that you're investing in, understanding the real estate asset class. We've already had a few sessions on real estate within our Discord group. And I just continue to share, you know, during my weekly updates with my Discord group, how I'm kind of maneuvering, oh, I'm looking at this property, uh, how we're going to structure these deals, how we're building out a team, how we're building out infrastructure, uh, relationships while we remain patient, you know, not FOMOing into a house just so that we can po post a cute picture on Instagram and say, oh, first time home buyers, look at us. Let's hold up the sign as, as, as you know, this just kills me when I went and I, and I realized I just recently ran through the numbers on that $500,000 mortgage, you end up paying, you know, over a million dollars. Like they said, 700,000, just in interest. So you're, you're, you're now on the hook for over a million dollars, USD, fiat, or CBDC, right? Now, I just talked with Scott Young here today. We, we ran up a session for a very long time. And, you know, some of these Nasara guys tell, tell me that, you know, our debts are going to be forgiven. They're going to be wiped out. Well, you know, that would be great. And I, 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 I like that. I appreciate that idea. But holy smokes, I mean, I, when I go to sign on the dotted line here, I, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, these guys are saying this is all going to go away, but I'm just scared to, you know, and here's the, here's the problem. You need to look at how we're running the household on a cash flow, on a cash flow basis right now. You know, it's very simple. How much money is your, your household bringing in versus how much is going out? And when you get strapped on a payment like that, right? Uh, I, I mean, even though I understand that's the value of this 30-year mortgage in the United States. In 30 years, over the next 30 years, what do you think is going to happen to the value of the dollar? 
it's going to be inflated away and devalued substantially. And it can happen very rapidly. In fact, we're seeing it get devalued, you know, 6 to 9% is where inflation ran us last year. But the real inflation is probably double than that. But just at their numbers, let's just round up to 10% inflation. That's 10% of the value of the dollar that's getting destroyed on a yearly basis. So yes, you are paying them back with cheaper dollars, right? But for me, it's about understanding and not getting our, our squeezed on our cash flow statement. Simple financial statement for your household, for your business right now. Just remember, you know, as long as cash flow covers debt, you can make it work. That's the fundamentals and how we evaluate every single deal that, that we look at right now. If cash flow can cover debt service and maybe you have a, a few extra pennies left at the end of the month too, a little bit of profit, you'll be able to maintain, right? But real estate and business, incredible opportunities for those of you guys that are tapped in, those of you guys that are real operators, real investors, you got money on the sidelines. There's going to be plenty of opportunity, especially for us young folks. Us young folks here. We, it's time for us to go take over those. Those baby boomers are giving up the business. They're done. They're, they're good, right? And they need some. They don't have an exit plan. You are that exit plan for them. And right now is a great time to negotiate seller financing, which is the secret sauce. You guys want the secret sauce to business and real estate? It is seller financing. Just like you can do no money down house flipping, you guys are in, in houses, like you guys see on the late night infomercials, it's, it's not just an infomercial and it's not just for real estate. You can do it for businesses too. And these people are going to be happy to do it because they've worked so hard to build this thing over 20, 30 years. They don't have an exit strategy. Their kids don't like them. They don't want to take over the business. That's your opportunity. You work up, you become a manager. You work up, you start to you know get a little bit of the back end. And then you just work out a deal to take the whole thing over. Incredible amounts of opportunity for those of us. But guys, right now, we got to look at that cash flow statement on your household right now. And at the very least, let's make sure that we have some prepping and essentials on the sidelines for a rainy day because we don't want to get caught up in a tough situation. And that's why this Saturday in our Discord group, we're going to be having the next prepping call. Okay, so we're going to be talking about that, right? I'm going to get back into this update here, and I'm sorry for ranting, but you can tell right now we got to get tapped in. I'm so serious about this. Every single night when I come on here and I'm doing a live show or I'm doing a Twitter space or I just do a TikTok live or, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm only able to put out a couple TikToks in a day. I keep on trying to hammer this every single day, right? Being prepared on every single level. People think that we're just XRP moon boys. And I'm just telling, no, please come get tapped in. We're having the adult conversation. We're, we're, you know, achieving success during a bear market recession in cryptocurrency and how we run our businesses. And we're ready to swoop real estate deals in my, in my situation. And then we got members within our Discord community who are talking about how they're doing house hacking deals, how they're, you know, investing in real estate right now, still cash flowing, how they're becoming the, uh, the bank. Like I said, seller finance is the secret sauce. And this is what we talk about every single day. We're just trying to lay this down and save as many people as possible right now. As we roll into March, you know, I put Ripple's judgment coming in March. ISO's going live in March. There's a lot that's about to be happening in March. Okay. So all I ask is that you guys smash this, smash the thumbs up button for me. Share this message far and wide. Okay. If you guys haven't already put this out on Twitter tonight, let Twitter know. We've been hosting the Twitter spaces too. We've been popping into the Twitter spaces. Same thing like TikTok. You know, you got the TikTok and the Twitter talking heads. What we're doing is cutting through all the FUD, all the nonsense. And we ask, how's your program working out? What results do you have? I put out today, I said, I don't know what riddle it is, but I've been using the moon phase indicator to short the hell out of Bitcoin. And we've grown the trading bag over 140%. I don't know what riddle that is. Riddle me that. Riddle me this. 140% gains, moon phase indicator. I don't know. How's your program working out? And once again, we haven't lost our funds. I, I, like I started this episode by saying the central banks, the commercial banks, and, and, and the crypto bros who invested in the Ponzi's, all going bust, all taking record losses. The XRP community, the real ones, as I call, as I call my family my Discord community, and the ones that are chat tapped in on this channel, listening to our podcast, 
listening on TikTok, the real ones, you guys understand. And we're making it through. We're not losing our funds, not getting caught up in the mess, not having to turn the key on our business. Our real estate's still cash flowing. We're ready to swoop more deals. God bless you all. XR Peaky Blinder AR5 spot. My priest told me to say three Hail Garys and four R Pals, and my assets would be secure and my debt forgiven. LOL. Keep it up, Brother Z. I appreciate that. That's a good one there. That's a good God bless you all. Yeah. We got to find something. We got to find something within us, guys, because it's getting ugly out there, but I've never felt more better. And I forgot to tell you guys at the very beginning of this. This is why I'm so excited, is because I bought XRP today. I mean, I'm just alive here today. Incredible session that I did with Scott Young earlier this morning. But then I saw the dip. 36 cents is where we're at for XRP. And I say, that's good enough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, whoever, whatever vibe you're catching. Swoop. Thank you very much. Stack it. God willing, we will continue to get further opportunities, right? We understand they're going to squeeze us out. I'm about to show you guys how they're shutting off the on-ramps and the off-ramps. The rest of the space is going bust. They put us in this staged lawsuit, but the time is here. The time is coming, and I'm not waiting around. And it just brings that. It just filled me up today as I fill up my XRP bags, you know? Just one part of our program, but golly, it feels so damn good. Just stacking another bag of XRP. And, and like I say, if they want to put us through the ringer for another year, we double the bags again. That's just fine. So keep the crypto bear market rolling. Cheers, everyone. I'm just excited because, like I said, stacking XRPs, it's just a fantastic thing to do. Here we are still at 36 cents, and I can't believe it. Right? I thought we were going to be flipping the switch. I thought we were going to be mooning back in 2019 when I was picking it up at 30 cents. Here we still are. They want to give us another year. I know what I'm going to be doing. Appreciate you guys, okay? Let's keep it rolling. Big update for you guys tonight. Massive. Elizabeth, I got a plan for that, Warren. U.S. senators, including Elizabeth Warren, accused Binance of facilitating $10 billion in payments to criminals. <clears throat> she's got a plan for that. Elizabeth Warren, you know she's ready to move on the cryptocurrency space. You know who cuts her checks. MC Prosperity, I see you out there. Massive 10 spot. Thanks, Zach, for being a solid foundation in our XRP community. I appreciate you so much, MC Prosperity. Thank you. Here we have this one, one of the real ones actually fighting the good fight, Brian Quintez. What we have in the U.S. is a completely out-of-control federal regulator at the SEC that is violating its statutory mandate of investor protection. That is running roughshod over Congress in Congress's intent to seriously adjudicate this issue but not pass legislation on very ambiguous topics that are not agreed upon before, as well as running roughshod over the White House and executive order that specifically respects the promises of this technology and the fascinating amount of innovation that is going to unleash it. So this is Brian Quintez, former CFTC, former CFTC commissioner. Now he's currently head of policy at Andreessen Horowitz Crypto. There we go. For Gary Gensler, this is what success looks like. All crypto percentage of developers in the U.S. And we're about to get into this, right? Ripple talking about leaving the United States. This is the percentage of developers in the United States, right? It just continues down. Brian Quintez calling out Gary Gensler, which we love to see. Huge shout out to Brian Quintez for being one of the real ones. Ex-CFTC commissioner. God bless him. Financial freedom advocate. Love it. Love it. Calling out good guy Gary Gensler. What is happening is the developers, the entrepreneurs, the capitalists are leaving the United States if they're trying to get involved in the cryptocurrency space, which is so interesting to see how many of these guys are leaving major positions at the banks and at government to go to crypto firms. All these guys are getting on board with crypto, right? And yeah, yeah. I want to just make a point here. I, I hear people talking, and, and some of them are in the XRP community, and they're complaining about not enough people developing on the XRP ledger. 
and they're saying, you know, people are spending so much time trying to solve riddles and looking at pictures of bears, and they're not just developing on the XRP ledger. This is why our government attacked us. This is why. For those of you that are in other countries that are doing the right thing and passing regulations, laws, giving a level playing field for cryptocurrency, allowing entrepreneurs to build crypto businesses in your country, God bless you. Our government is attacking us. Wall Street is trying to kill this thing. Operation Choke Point is live. That is why people aren't just building on the ledger. I mean, if you don't like riddles and bears, whatever, that's fine, right? I, I understand where they're coming from, but this is why. This is why we don't have, we have developers leaving the country, why we don't have real businesses, banks, institutions, like serious players aren't building on this. Or if they are, they're leaving the country. Or they're having to cut big checks to Gary Gensler. Tens of millions of dollars. Ripple potentially being put in a position to cut a massive check to good guy Gary Gensler, even though they tried to do the right thing. Now, this is what we're talking about. This is why I don't wait around to buy XRP, right? God bless Uphold for still having XRP listed. The link is at my website. If you guys are trying to buy some XRP right now, just head on over to Uphold and set up an account there. For those of you guys that are still trying to figure out how to get XRP, it is a challenge. I am using Uphold. The link is at my website, linked up down below as well. But here's what's happening. This is why I don't wait around. Justin, the UK's largest bank, HSBC, bans customers from purchasing crypto with credit cards. So Operation Choke Point is not just happening in the United States. It's happening over in Great Britain, too. We talk about, is London ready? Is London not ready? I just dropped the video, right? And it's a whole bait and switch. They're cutting off retail's ability to get access to these opportunities. That's what this is. And, and this is why you're seeing it's happening outside of the United States as well. London putting in regulations, passing laws, but HSBCs no longer going to be funding your cryptocurrencies, right? Now, this is what's happening in the United States. Silvergate. This is a post from Circle right here. We maintain relationships with several banking partners. We are sensitive to the concerns around Silvergate are, and are in the process of unwinding certain services with them and notifying customers. Otherwise, all Circle services, including USDC, are operating as normal. Silvergate is no longer. It's having serious issues. And Silvergate was the bank that was funding and facilitating a lot of the cryptocurrency space here in the United States. Coinbase, Galaxy Digital, Paxos, Cut Ties, and Shares Slump. Company said it's evaluating its ability to remain viable. Silvergate exodus worsens after bank questions its own survival. Folks, this is serious. Silvergate's capital corporation's woes deepened on Thursday, a day after the bank raised questions about whether it can stay in business with the shares plummeting to a record low and key partners cutting off ties to the crypto-friendly bank. The bank set off alarms with a filing Wednesday that said losses might leave Silvergate with less capital than it needs and that it's evaluating its ability to continue as a going concern. Investors and business partners headed for the exits with the stock slumping 58%, its biggest drop ever, to a record low. Meanwhile, Coinbase, Galaxy Digital, Paxos, and other crypto firms decided to stop accepting or initiating payments through Silvergate. The exodus threatens the bank's key sources of deposits and a platform for crypto participants to transfer money among each other. Remember, Binance as well, right? In light of recent developments and out of an abundance of caution, Coinbase is no longer accepting or initiating payments to or from Silvergate, Coinbase said on Twitter. Coinbase will be facilitating institutional client cash transactions with our other banking partners. Galaxy Digital, the crypto financial service, uh, services firm founded by Michael Novogratz, said it continues to have no material exposure to Silvergate. So Mike Novogratz and gang saying it's just fine. Don't worry. We're, we got other partners. We're going to figure this out. 
The company took the action, quote, to ensure client and firm assets are secure as part of our vigorous risk management process, its spokesperson said in an email. Paxos issued a similar statement, statement Gemini, Crypto.com, Cebo, Clear Digital are all suspending transfers with Silvergate as well. Circle said it's unwinding certain services with Silvergate. Bitstamp went a step further, warning customers of potential losses if they make fresh deposits via Silvergate. Bitstamp cannot be responsible for any funds deposited into the Silver Bank account. The crypto exchange said in a blog post Thursday, if you do choose to deposit funds into this account, you do so at your own risk. Wow. Okay. So this unwinding is absolutely major here in the United States. Okay. Many, many crypto firms having to cut ties. It's getting shut down here. Silvergate collapsing 58%, biggest drop on its history. Okay. And then we get this one, just a tech guy sharing this. And he shared this in response to this news here about Silvergate. He was retweeting Ledger Insights talking about the Silvergate situation, right? And they have a report that's actually due. Uh, this wasn't included in the last Bloomberg article, but basically they have their report that's due. Uh, they have a $950 million loss that they're already warning about and reporting for 2022. And they have a report that's due basically uh, sometime here in March, March 13th, I believe. And they're saying they're not going to be able to do it. But this guy, just a tech guy, says, how many more times do I have to say this? You think you can overtake decades old institutions because you can deploy smart contracts. And he's sharing a post here from Gilbert Verdeon, the CEO of Quant, talking about how banks are basically going, what we're going to see here, and I think that you're going to see crypto firms actually uh, basically blamed for the collapse that we're about to see in the whole damn system. The exposure now that we have into traditional finance, traditional banks, traditional Wall Street, financial institutions, right, is, is, is really starting to show this thing, and it's leading the way as far as the everything bubble kind of popping and, and exposing itself. And the crypto gets made an example of by Elizabeth, I got a plan for that Warren. Instead of being able to, you know, and going after the Wall Street guys that actually coordinated this whole thing with the regulators hand in hand, they're going to be able to blame the crypto bros. This is a perfect setup. You blame Sam Bankman Freed. You blame, you know, all, all these exchanges that are going bust that Gary Gensler is telling us are not qualified custodians while they get ready to come in and swoop up this whole space. This is a quote from Gilbert Verdian in 2021, CEO of Quant. Check this out here, folks. Very interesting. Like I said previously, it's very easy for financial institutions, banks, exchanges to add, uh, to add and digital assets, stablecoin or cryptocurrency to their system. Thank you for the gifts on TikTok there. Appreciate that. They already have the client base. They are trusted and consumers would benefit while the institution also creates new sources of revenue and products. Every bank in the world can have the local domestic currency accounts, foreign currency accounts, and digital asset accounts. You just transfer it the way you do bank transfers. They were all waiting for the regulatory clearance, which is being provided now. Now, obviously, this is with delayed. This was in 2021. And this shows, you know, that these guys thought that they were about to get regulatory clarity and they were in other countries back in 2021. Other countries were moving ahead. The United States keeping themselves here, letting letting the real Ponzi schemes like FTX, you know, blow up to the to, to, to the massive, massive amounts of money that got poured into there while they accepted the political donations. And he says right here. Now that the regulation is clear, every bank is and capital market provider has the approval to offer stable coins and digital assets for payments and transactions and settlement. People, people entrust the likes of their own bank, STX, London Stock Exchange, PayPal, etc. for managing their money or assets. They can and will add a digital asset to their financial instruments and accounts very easily. The regulators have started providing the green light. People will move their money out of these exchanges and use their own banks and financial institutions. I think that we're about to see a major consolidation in the banking sector. Crypto bros get blamed. The whole system's going down, right? And the whole banking system gets uh, you know, consolidated, right? Because you no longer need it, right? When you got PayPal, when you got these others, right? This is getting 
kind of divvied up the the slice of the pies getting you know divided up between PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, and people just being comfortable with their traditional banks. Those banks get consolidated. You end up having it all through your phone, right? And right, you you get your digital ID. Whether you're going to use your phone, whether you're going to put a tattoo on your forehead, whatever you want to do, right? I'm, I'm making jokes. Whatever you want to do. You'll have your digital ID. It's going to get you into here, right? But this just goes to show here this whole thing collapsing while the CEO of Quant acknowledging how easy it's going to be for those that survive this, those that survive this crypto collapse and the old guard collapsing and eating itself up as well. Whoever's left standing, right, is going to be ready to onboard this space, and it's going to be massive. We're going to see trillions and trillions of dollars pour in. What we did last bull run is a joke. Three trillion in market cap is a drop in the bucket on where this goes, on how much value gets put into this thing, this thing we call digital assets. How much gets settled on a daily basis goes to the trillions of dollars. The market cap equation is irrelevant for utility, liquidity, cryptocurrency, digital assets like XRP, like XLM, and others. We're about to see so much money pour into this space, but the whole banking sector, the whole old world is just eating itself, consolidating, and the crypto bros collapsing, the exposure spreading into Wall Street. See, the guys that tried to front run this thing, well, they made a gamble. They made a bet on a new industry. And the hype pumped, Dogecoin pumped, SHIB pumped. The whole space built off the Bitcoin, Ethereum, free passes, and understanding that they were the only ones with clarity. As Gary Gensler still says today, everything is a security besides Bitcoin. Well, now we come to the legal battlefield. Now we start to see who's actually putting up a fight here in the cryptocurrency space. And we got to give a huge Huge shout out to Fred Rispoli. If you guys haven't already, go back and watch the interview that I did with Fred Rispoli. We had him on where we talked about this lawsuit right here that's going to set a major, major precedent. This shared by Xpunk DS. The first hearing in the Fred Rispoli of HODL Law's lawsuit against the SEC is scheduled for March 13th. Remember, Fred Rispoli asked the court to declare that Ethereum is not a security. Gensler recently said that all coins are unregistered securities apart from Bitcoin, which is a commodity, which is why the outcome from this lawsuit could also determine the future of the SEC versus Ripple lawsuit. Now, also recall that Fred Rispoli filed the class action lawsuit against Coinbase for not giving us our Songbird and our Flare tokens. In fact, that reminds me that I need to probably go take a look at that. I may need to sign on with that class action lawsuit. God bless Fred Rispoli for fighting the good fight. And also recall that he withdrew a claim, a, a, another case that he had filed against Jay Clayton and members of the SEC. He's withdrawn that, and now he's currently fighting the class action lawsuit against Coinbase, and he comes from being an expert on class action lawsuits, Fred Rispoli. So uh, he is filing that class action lawsuit against Coinbase, and then we see he's filed this, I forget what it's called, It's it's a... Motion for injunction. Basically, it's asking the court, it's asking the SEC to give clarity on Ethereum. Fred Rispoli asked the court to declare that Ethereum is not a security. He's saying that we're using this in our business. We're trying to understand the law. And so the filing, the, what he did here, this proceeding, is asking the court to declare that Ethereum is not a security. It's really getting the SEC is going to be exposed through this, Right. So God bless Fred Rispoli fighting the good fight. Now we see Brad Gollinghouse making an appearance today. The, the person interviewing him, Kaylee Lenz, asked, quote, if the U.S. doesn't get its act together, is all of this going offshore? And Brad responds, it already is. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Crypto moving offshore is not good for American innovation, period, full stop. So this is Bloomberg TV. They had our good friend Brad Gollinghouse on this morning. They're creating a framework. The SEC bringing the case against Ripple was not really just a case about Ripple or about XRP. It's really about the 
industry and how the SEC is kind of playing offense and attacking the whole industry. Two and a half years ago when this started, I'm not sure everyone fully digested that, and now that is widely understood. This is going to be pivotal for the whole industry because if the SEC is able to prevail, I think there's a lot of other cases, and some of them just in the last four weeks, I think they brought five additional enforcement cases. The macro headline for me is this is not a healthy way to regulate an industry. Your regulation through enforcement, as opposed to where we're seeing in other countries where they're doing the work, right? They're codifying, they're creating a framework that allows an industry to grow while protecting consumers. And I think that's really what the U.S. is lagging. And to some degree why I'm here in Washington is to continue to try to evangelize and educate. You know, here's how these technologies can really benefit consumers, benefit industry. Is what I'm hearing from you essentially, if the U.S. doesn't get its act together and move more quickly, all of this is going offshore. The, it's just going elsewhere. Well, it already is. I mean, the, the sad reality is that the U.S. really is already behind. You know, this is not behind countries that we haven't necessarily heard of. This is behind Australia and behind the U.K., Japan, Singapore, Switzerland. There's a lot of countries that have taken the time and thoughtfulness to create that clear rules of the road. It, by contrast, when I first got involved in the tech industry in the late 90s, some were saying the Internet should be banned. They were saying, like, here's how the Internet is being used for illicit purposes. But the U.S. government said, no, 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 we're going to create a framework. And that allowed entrepreneurs, that allowed investors to come in and look at the benefits to the United States on a geopolitical basis mm. to have the Amazons and Googles based in headquarters in the United States. We're at, I think, severe risk of having that not happen in this next evolution of technology around blockchain and crypto. It has already started moving outside the United States. And also the consumers are suffering because of that, because you don't have the same protections that the U.S. regulatory frameworks can provide. What would a good framework look like in your view? Well, look, I, I think what you're seeing right now is the Securities Exchange Commission. You know, mm -hmm. if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And uh, not everything here is a nail. And I, I think it has to, any framework has to start with clear protections for consumers, but then to thoughtfully understand that these aren't always going to be securities. Some of them are used as currencies. That is, you, having an efficient process to trade, exchange, move those things would be much harder in a world if they were regulated as securities. And, and when you look at the facts and the circumstances of every case on an individual basis, crypto by crypto, right? It's just very clear that XRP is not a security. It's so simple. Now we see this, they're making the rounds. Brad's in DC, love to see it. Fighting the good fight, God bless him. Always representing us in such a classy way, as always. But then we see Stuart Alderati coming out here too, Chief General Counsel at Ripple. Check this one out here, folks. So we have Ripple's counsel advises to or Ripple counsel's advice to crypto firms get out of the United States. So they're really pushing back. I mean, they're really taking a stand and they're really speaking out, right? There's finally an end in sight for Ripple's years-long multi-million dollar fight with the SEC, but the blockchain technology company has some advice for those facing the growing hostility of American regulators. Get out of the United States. Quote the first advice you give, the first piece of advice you give somebody who's thinking about a project is don't touch it in the U.S. because the rules are unclear. Stuart Alderati, chief legal officer at Ripple, said in an interview with BlockWorks Thursday, go to a jurisdiction where the rules are clear, not light touch, but clear. After spending the past roughly 30 months building Ripple's case, Alderati has lots of tips and he's not shy on sharing them. I do get calls, he asked. Asking for a friend, what would you do if you got a Wells notice? If a company has served a subpoena or a Wells notice or an enforcement action, and there have been no shortage lately, they need to operate under the assumption that the SEC's case is already decided, Alderati said. Don't trust these guys, he said. It's not a level playing field. It's exactly the point he was getting at in Alderati's viral tweet Monday about SEC Chair Gensler declaring that everything but Bitcoin is a security in a New York Magazine interview. Gensler has his mind made up before the enforcement action is even filed. And that's a problem, Alderati argued. They should not be prejudging the outcome of unresolved issues, Alderati said. They certainly should not be doing so in a very, very public way because it corrupts the process. It corrupts the perception of the process. Of course, any legal action on the basis of prejudgment is moot for Ripple now. The arguments have been filed. A summary judgment is expected any day. Alderati said maybe as soon as the end of the month. But for Alderati, that's not the point. 
For the folks that are kind of early in the process, I think you should seriously think about this as an issue, he added. As for Ripple and XRP, there are now, broadly speaking, three ways it could go, Alderati said. One, the judge could side with Ripple. Two, the judge decides with the SEC. Or three, the judge says there are disputed facts and the case needs to go to trial. It's not an issue of fraud or market manipulation. It's a question of law. Okay? So for those, you know, it's funny because lately I've been seeing people that are literally claiming that there's fraud in this case and there is absolutely none. As he says right here, it's not an issue of fraud or market manipulation. For all the guys that are trying to figure out, oh, Ripple's dumping on you guys, you stupid XRP investors. This is fraud by Ripple. This is market manipulation. Oh, they're using market makers. And we just calmly explain, yes, when you have when, when you have that much control, when you have that big of a bag, yes, it's proper to use a market maker. And they're doing so in a way that doesn't make the price fluctuate. It's the proper, responsible thing to do. It's so funny. Anyways, uh, let me continue. <laughs> it is not fraud or market manipulation. It's a question of law, Alderati said. If the judge sides with the SEC, Ripple can and will immediately appeal. The case would go before the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, and then the next step would be the Supreme Court. There are a lot of ifs between now and the Supreme Court case, but Alderati likes his odds. I would be supremely confident that this is a winner in the Supreme Court, not so much because of the crypto issues, but because of the guarding against building an administrative state, he said in a nod to the court's current conservative majority. A win in the summary judgment would mean Ripple has room to expand domestically. We would have this incredible business opportunity in the U.S. that is evergreen for us, he said. So, there you have it, folks. We got three potential outcomes. One, the judge could side with Ripple. Two, the judge is going to side with the SEC. Or three, the judge says there are disputed facts and the case needs to go to trial. And they're saying that this could come in at any day now. Now, the tweet was this one, Stuart Alderati, crypto lawyer PSA. Chair Gensler has again proclaimed that every cryptocurrency except Bitcoin is an unregistered security. He has now must recuse himself from voting on any enforcement case that raises that issue since he has prejudged the outcome. Antonio v. SEC 8th Circuit 1989. So using that prior case to prove why Gary Gensler must abstain from voting. He's already made prejudgment. And so improper and so unfortunate that we have someone like Gary running this SEC, this three-letter agency that has just become an, an extortion agency for U.S. businesses, in particular the cryptocurrency space. The guys like Ripple have sent their lawyers, they've set up offices in D.C. and begged to get regulations. And then they turn around and get sued, right? But it is not stopping the progress. Let's be very clear on that. If they have to go, they will. That's not how this case ends. That's not how this case ends. And I am praying and I am hoping that the judge gives us a ruling on the secondary sales so that we can at least relist XRP and it'll give clarity for all of us XRP holders out there. The case with Ripple selling unregistered securities could continue on, could potentially go further. That would matter around the facts and the circumstances of all of the investment contracts, all of the sales of XRP that was done by Ripple, Brad, and Chris that we're not privy to. We don't have the information. We still don't have the corruption by the SEC in the form of the Hinman documents. And we don't know of all of the deals and sales and investment contracts that were signed, the, all the options that were done with Ripple. We don't know. So that case could continue and hopefully... You know, we can get a ruling from the judge that the secondary market sales are clearly not, a, not an investment contract and not a security. No way. But we'll see. We will see. And it's supposed to be coming this month. Stuart Alderay says any day now. Jeremy Hogan says that, you know, typically we would be getting a ruling any time now over the next month. You know, 30 days or so is basically here in March. By March, we're expecting a ruling. So... God bless Fred Rispoli, God bless John Deaton, God bless Jeremy Hogan, and Stuart Alderati and the team of absolute killers that Ripple has. I mean, just the best of the best. Former SEC officials, Director of Enforcement, Andrew Sresny, former chair, Mary Jo White. What kind of staged lawsuit are we watching? 
We have two former officials on the legal team of Ripple. And then they get the 43rd Treasurer of the United States to come join. Then they get the Vice President of the Fed, along with all the rest of the big hitters. And I'm about to show you Bricks and Twisel. Folks, this is not stopping the progress. And we're, gonna, we're going to make progress here. I know people, uh, right, right when we get started, I'm reading comments. People are frustrated. People are tired. I get it. Victory is near. We need to press down even harder. I picked up a bag of XRP today. They're not going to FUD me out. I see the rest of the space going down. We may go down even further. My fundamental analysis leads me to believe that. But I'm going to be picking up some today. I'm going to be picking up some tomorrow. And if they give us future dips back down below 30 cents, God willing, we'll be swooping. Absolutely not going to FUD us out. And this is why. Ripple is expanding its payment solution into Australia through its major partner, Tranglo. Tranglo and Easy Remit will utilize the on-demand liquidity XRP to foster the payment push. Now, I make these videos. The haters, the trolls pull up in the comments. Shake my head, RippleNet. No, this is not Ripple. This is not RippleNet. Right, this is RippleNet clients that are using XRP on-demand liquidity as well. And they directly mention it in this press release. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And Ripple tells us in the Q4 market report from 2022 that 60% of the transactions on RippleNet in 2022 were on XRP on-demand liquidity. Furthermore, furthermore, what's taking the traditional banks hundreds of years, getting completely left behind by Ripple, Ripple is doing it in just six months. Another clip from Brad Gollinghouse. This one shared to me by 24 Hours Crypto. BG spitting facts. Quote, in six months, we launched a product and made it as efficient as what they optimized for 100 years. Ripple quickly passing up the old guard. Ripple approaching the old guard, giving them an opportunity to come on board, giving them a chance at that escrow. 15 executives from JP Morgan coming to meet at Ripple's offices right before Ripple tucked it 50 billion worth of XRP into that escrow account. Well over 50 billion, actually. But listen to Brad explain this. It's so simple, folks. So simple. Yeah, you make the theoretical case well. However, um, the CEO of Western Union told one of my fortune colleagues last week that they've dabbled in this stuff and eh, they're not sure. They take it or leave it. No, no, no advantage. What, what, do you have a rebuttal to that? Yeah, I think it's, well, my first thought is Western Union has been around 100 years. And so if the, the way I think about this is they've been around 100 years. They have spent 100 years optimizing their treasury operations. In six months, we launched a product and made it as efficient as what they have optimized for 100 years. <laughs> so on one hand, I would say, yeah, I, I, Western Union is, has spent a lot of money to optimize their, uh, their treasury. I think if on V1, actually kind of V.9, because they were using a, a beta uh, pilot on this, for us to match what they have you know, optimized and they spend a lot of money on uh, is a pretty good start. Yeah, you make the theoretical case well. With However, um, the CEO of Western Union... With ease, with ease, passing up the old guard, going to the table, having a real deal to present. And I promise you, I mean... I mean, I guess it's just speculation, right? You guys, you guys can come up with your own story. Imagine thinking that they haven't already signed deals to use XRP with the over 20 central banks that they are now talking with. Now, we've heard reports in the past of it actually being over 50 central banks, that they've had conversations with over 50 central banks. We've heard 80 before. But we have an update right now of over 20, 20 countries CBDC plans, according to Brooks and Twisel. This one here shared by Kitco. Okay, let's take a look. During a recent interview with Brooks and Twisel, Senior Vice President of Customer Success and Managing Director of APAC and MENA at Ripple, the executive revealed that Ripple is currently in talks with more than 20 central banks regarding the development of central bank digital currency. While large countries like China and U.S. have focused on developing a CBDC via the public sector, smaller countries with fewer resources are optimizing to utilize the services of companies like Ripple to design a CBDC that aligns with their needs. No two situations, no two central banks, no two countries are the same. There are 200 plus countries out there. 
there are uh, there are a lot of central banks and they have different needs and there are different parts of this journey in Twisel said. So we are in dialogue with not 10, not 20, but a bunch more central banks around the world on these discussions. We've announced projects with Bhutan and Palau and others to come. And I think that just shows you that this really resonates now. And Twisel went on to note that being able to collaborate directly with governments and regulators is invaluable, saying that in most parts of the world, discussions about crypto and blockchain have been welcome as opposed to the United States, where Ripple is being sued by the SEC for the sale of unregistered securities. Regulators welcome that interaction here in Singapore, up in Tokyo, in Switzerland, in the UK. We're part of that dialogue. You are on panels, you're in rooms with regulators talking about what we're seeing, what we're learning, and it's a two-way process, and Twisel said. It's really on us as an industry to prove utility and why crypto matters, why blockchain matters, and what it can do for countries, for citizens, for businesses, for big world problems. And if we can prove that case and make that case in a strong way, then regulators will follow and come along. The U.S. risks falling behind further in the CBDC race due to its oppositional stance to the crypto industry, he warned, which will only serve to push projects and companies to more welcoming jurisdictions. The decision in the Ripple versus SEC case is likely to become a landmark ruling that will not only have an impact on Ripple and XRP users, but on the crypto industry as a whole. It's about the entire industry and it's about innovation in the United States, Entwistle said. We have done all we can on our side. We've made our best case. It is now with the judge and we hope and expect that in the first half of 2023, there would be some resolution. For now, the company is focused on building and innovating. They will deal with the outcome of the SEC case when it is known. And Twisel suggested that this was the best path forward, especially in an environment where capital is drying up and companies are struggling to stay afloat. You've only got the ability to go after a couple things that really matter. This is not a time to chase bright, shiny things all over the world in the hope that some of them play out, he said. What firms need to be asking themselves at this time is, where can you add value and make a difference? Ripple is focused on assisting emerging countries with their CBDC development in an effort to help reduce the number of unbanked people in the world, and Twisel said. In Southeast Asia alone, there are 290 million people without banking services, a figure that is larger than the population of Indonesia. We think about that opportunity for us not in small subregions, but as a global opportunity. And it's not just individuals that stand to benefit, he added. As small businesses in underbanked regions will also reap the rewards of being able to easily move capital between offices or across borders and having a clientele that can pay via official channels. So there's lots of room to run, but we have to continue to be mission-driven on that front because when you are, it keeps you honest with policymakers. When asked about competition in the cross-border payment space, and Twisel explained that the cross-border flow of value is one of the great unsolved financial problems or puzzles in the world, and solving it requires a global network. The Ripple executive stressed, above all, the crypto is not going away, so it makes sense for governments around the world to work with the industry to develop clear regulations and determine the best way to integrate CBDCs into the global economy. There is no question that digital currencies are going to be a part of the landscape going forward, and Twisel said, and every country has to have an answer for their own constituents as to what it will do and how it will impact, and most importantly, we think in the positive case, how it can really drive economic growth and financial inclusion. And we're going to finish off this session by playing this clip here from Brooks and Twisel, former executive at Goldman Sachs and at Uber, another big hitter coming to work with Ripple, getting the best in the space, the all-star team of crypto. Brooks and Twisel telling us that RippleNet is now in 70-plus countries. So we know this. RippleNet is active in 70-plus countries. On-demand liquidity, which settles up in XRP, is now live in 40 corridors. 40 corridors. And 60% of the RippleNet transactions that are taking place in 70 countries are now happening on on-demand liquidity XRP. And then he just confirmed that they're in conversations with over 20 central banks. We already have two central bank digital currency pilots live on the XRP ledger with more to come. And he confirms 70 plus countries with world class partners. Check it out here, folks. Major, major update from Brooks and Twisel. Than it, it, than it looks. And that means you've got to build a global network, which we have with RippleNet. Uh, which is now in 70 plus countries with partners on the network that are world-class partners that we've spent a long time vetting 
making sure from a KYC and AML standpoint, they are world-class before they even participate in the network. You can't go put together a 70 country network uh, with hundreds of participants on it overnight. And so, yes, there are lots of great innovations across single corridors or within certain regions, and that's gonna continue to happen. We, we offer a holistic global solution, uh, which is using kind of latest technology from a blockchain and messaging standpoint, and now increasingly the use of uh, digital assets as the bridge currency between countries. And so we just need to keep running hard and keep adding great people. And, you know, in an industry where not everybody's going to survive or make it, given some of these capital constraints, we firmly believe that we're one of those that survive, um, are successful and a leader in what we're trying to do. Um, but it has not happened overnight. We're a 10-year-old company. Well, you have some very interesting partners here. Uh, the Bank of England mentioned Ripple in its CBDC consultation paper. Uh, I believe it's the Central Bank of Uruguay declared Ripple as their money transfer company. You signed an MOU, as you said, with the Kingdom of Bhutan. Uh, how, how do you think 2022 is going to shape up what we're going to see from you, from these central banks uh, in 2023? What is everyone working towards? We have to make sure that through all this noise that we're focused on where the opportunities are. And I do think we did a great job of keeping our nose to the growth grindstone uh, and build grindstone in 2022. What that resulted in was a lot of these conversations that are happening and you mentioned around the world. And it is an interesting collection, back to my point. These are not all uh, in the same regions. They're not all the same size and all the same you know, place on the curve. Um, but I think you'll see more of those emerge as people get an understanding of the technology of what we offer and, and more MOUs are signed um, and maybe more focus from the industry on going after this. So we're, we're encouraged for 2023. All right. So there you have it from Brooks, 70 plus countries. We are live with RippleNet. We know we have over 40 corridors fired up for on-demand liquidity. 60% of the transactions on RippleNet are happening on on-demand liquidity XRP settlement. Love to see it. And we have judgment coming this month, potentially. God willing, maybe we can get the judge to favor in our, in, in our rule in our favor. Here we have an incredible month that we've been waiting for. A massive, massive month. A lot of events are going to be unfolding. Okay, we got to continue to stay tapped in on the way out. Let's smash the thumbs up. Hit that notification bell. And then if you want to join our family in the Discord for the Saturday session, we're going to have another fantastic conversation about being prepared on every single level. Get tapped in over at the website. You guys already know we got the links for cryptocurrency, your wallets, and your precious metals. I know so many of you guys have been asking me, where can I get precious metals? Some of you guys don't have a retirement account or a 401k. That's fine. You just want some metal shipped to your house so that you can hold it up and shine it up and, and, and do a little flexi flex with your little silver like me. We can get it directly shipped to you. Absolutely. Just get in touch with us at the website. It's all over there at ZachVector.com. But it's very simple. Let's put this together. Judgment is coming. Is it going to be this month? Is it going to be next month? They say first half of 2023. We're going to get an answer. A major, major answer in the timeline of this lawsuit. Okay? But just like with Ripple, do not let... The fact that XRP is going to be moving sideways, that the crypto space is going to you know, pull back further, right? Don't let that slow down your growth and your adoption of your business, of your investing education. When, you, when you're trying to move the needle right here, have a program that works out, right? Don't let one of the assets that you hold that's been suppressed, that's in a staged lawsuit, hold you back. Continue building your side hustle, building your business spending more time with your family, whatever you need to be doing right now to continue waking up with a real purpose because I know the bear market recessions weighing on people. I can feel it. I pull up in the Twitter space. The Twitter talking heads are fighting back and forth. We got drama about this and that. We are, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I, I fall victim to this. I'm guilty of this. Continue to stay focused. Dismiss the drama. Dismiss the FUD. But we, we answer and respond to the FUD and we provide clarity. These guys that are spewing nonsense, they have no idea what they're talking about. Ripple lays it all out in the Q4 market report. We have 70 plus countries for RippleNet, 40 corridors for ODL, the growth nine times year over year. 
they were able to sell $9 billion worth of XRP to their on-demand liquidity partners last year. That's a lot of accumulation by institutions outside of the United States. What do you think is going to happen when this case does end? The judgment is coming. And the truth is very, very clear to me as far as XRP not being a security. Is Ripple going to have to settle up? Potentially. Could this lawsuit go on? Right? It's going to be appealed. Goes to the next court. It gets appealed again. Goes to the Supreme Court. 2025 comes around. You know? Our next president comes in and is inaugurated. And we still don't have clarity for crypto. I don't know what the timeline really... Uh, but here's the thing. I'm not waiting around to accumulate these assets. I'm buying my crypto. I bought more XRP today. Why I'm so alive tonight. You know, you, you buy some XRP and it's just incredible what it'll do to your mood. Fires you right up. I get a similar feeling when I, when I go buy some more silver. When I stack some more silver, it gets me going just as good. And when we build real businesses, we can sleep soundly at night. When we have cash on the sidelines, ready to buy our family a home. If we do get a real estate deal, we're ready to move, God willing. We have some food. We got some essentials, ready to ride out a storm, God willing. It's so simple. Oh, you're just an XRP moon boy. Oh, we're making money, shorting Bitcoin. We're stacking more. We've grown, you know, doubled up our sides of our bags. Businesses are still successful, still plenty of cash flow. Life is great. Family's growing. Fantastic. God willing. I appreciate all of you guys so much. Guys, another massive super chat there. Appreciate you guys so much for laying it down tonight. All the real ones in the chat. Father Woody, five spot. Blows my mind how many people don't understand the ripple effects reverberating throughout the world. Hope all is well with you, brother man. XRP, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I'm in the mood. Let's do some Q&A. I know we already went past an hour. As always, we run it up for about an hour on these live stream updates because I end up ranting and getting excited. Today, got a little extra juice in me, a little extra XRP in the bag, gets you a little extra hop in the step. You know what I'm saying? Fantastic session tonight. If you haven't already, let's smash the thumbs up. Make sure we hit the notification bell and let's do some Q&A. Let's hang out for a second. <laughs> that ain't silver, Zach. That's the backside of your, uh, your uh, iPod Nano. Yeah, the old, the, the classic iPod Nanos. I got the 10 ounces. We got the one ounces. Come and get it. Real metal. You guys can hear that, right? Okay. Physical, digital, old world, new world. Wake up every single day. Attack the day. Do I get distracted? Do I get caught up in the Twitter spaces? Do I get caught up with the TikTok talking heads? Yes, I do. It's frustrating. <laughs> but I try to just show up every night for you guys. Let's keep on pressing forward. Let's do some Q&A. Let's hang out for a second. Let's finish off. Let's finish off the session. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.